Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. I'm your host Matt, and I'm interviewing people who make a living using WordPress software today. Uh, I'm very, very happy to uh, be interviewing Curtis McHale. I'm saying that correctly, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. And uh, I am really excited about this interview, and we just spoke briefly beforehand, but I've actually been stalking you a bit <laughs> uh, uh, on Twitter because I just love the stuff that you put out, and you remind mm. uh, you remind me of myself uh, in in the way that you're you're telling it how it is, right? You're you're, you're expressing these uh, your experiences working in WordPress, working in client work, working mm. with others. Um, so you've been uh, developing for Word, uh, on WordPress for the last five years. Uh, you're my first international guest, so thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm what, 5K uh, north of the border, really? Yep, uh, out, miles. <laughs> out in Vancouver. Um, you know, we're going to get into other things like you are looking at WordPress not just from your typical client needs a five-page website. You're looking at it from developing applications, uh, mm -hmm. using it as a framework. Um, you're an avid... Uh, cyclist, uh, mm -hmm. so I so I see, um, and you've written some in inspiring headlines on your blog, uh, and we're going to get into that too. All uh, right, and I'm just going to paraphrase like uh, the cash flow is not my problem. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, advertisers are uh, going to are starting to act like slime balls, which was also another another good one. Uh, yeah. And I've had crappy managers, which I also thought was an awesome read. Mm -hmm. um, before we get in, before we get into all that good stuff, uh, you know, take us down the path. Introduce uh, yourself uh, as a freelance uh, WordPress developer and, and uh, where you are now. Well, I started out actually with a psychology degree. Was that's my formal training. I have a bachelor of it's bachelor of arts. Yeah, it's that important to me now. I don't even remember. It's a psychology <laughs> degree. Yeah. Um, and I had been dabbling around in web stuff for a few years, actually, just kind of on the side when I was bored in class, which happened a lot actually. Um, and yeah, with about one, with one semester left, I talked to my wife and said, I really don't want to use this. I want to be developing full time. And she said, okay, but it was dumb not to stop. Yeah. So I had already been working at our local canoe and kayak shop doing some web stuff. Awesome. And I just kind of took it full time after that. I worked for a nonprofit organization that had had um, print designers doing their web beforehand, but no real web developer. Um, and so I took them from, now there's a lot of mistakes made simply because the person didn't know the right questions to ask, like the CMS not working in Firefox, but then also not working in IE and then right. not working on a Mac. Right. And uh, I held the developer's feet to the fire and said, no, nah, I'm back charging you for any time it doesn't work. <laughs> and it worked within a week, funny enough. Nice. Um, and then I just, you know, did the general progression of you get enough work, and at some point you got to either quit getting more work or you got to quit your job. And I quit my job. Nice. So nice. that's kind of my. That was up to about three years ago. Nice. Um, so how how did you? So I I know the typical role, and a lot of a lot of us um, start off doing these really small budget sites, mm -hmm. um, and you know we're going to get into a little bit more uh, on running that freelance business later. I hope, but. You know, how did you find yourself uh, bringing that small budget client up a notch? Every did you bring them up a notch as far as budget wise? Every project, uh, a lot of people I I talk to tend to say, "Well, I'm doing these $500 sites." Everyone <laughs> comes to me for the $500 site, yeah, and, and they get stuck in that $500, $500. How do you how did you get to that next level? Well. 
I'm trying to think. My first site, I think I charged eight hundred dollars for, and it was it was worth eight hundred dollars. Looking back at it now, it was not wonderful. <laughs> yep. It was not good. It was in my portfolio for like three months, and I looked at it and was like, oh, I can't believe I even have that out there. <laughs> um, so that's no longer around, and I don't even think they have it on the code that I wrote anymore. All but right. I, I think even when I just as I was going freelance, I upped my rates from. I want to say from $40 an hour to like 55 and I found that that brought up the quality of clients a lot. And then within about six months, I said, nah, like 50, 50, 55 is not enough and I bumped it to 75. And I've had a couple clients that have come with me from 55 all the way up to, I'm at about, I'm at 85 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were even at the beginning large scale projects. So when I was charging my lower rates, they were still like a $5,000 project. Okay. The one in particular was we worked with custom post types for a music show when custom post types were beta. Yep. Um, and so they came from you know a relatively large project up into the the pricing I charge now. But I don't even and I don't even charge hourly as much anymore. Yeah, I, I think you wrote but, a blog post about that. No more no more hourly work. Yeah, and I I try to charge more on like what's it worth to me to do this? Mm-hmm. That's and there's a certainly a level like, you know, I fly, look at, you know, you know, my friend down the road is an electrician. He, his clients just want to find his phone number on his site. That's all they want. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's, you know, a friend. So it's worth less for me to do that because it's, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas I look at other projects and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a pain in the butt. And so like it gets another zero right. on the project. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and actually that's probably, um, I know your, your blog post, uh, cash flow is not, or, paraphrasing cash flow is not my problem mm. um and i and I, I think you wrote that from you working for somebody else mm-hmm. but i think it also has uh, a good correlation with clients um if you're building an if you're building let's say an application that's going to make them money um and then you you've done this work and you've built this application for them you know let's just say it's an e-commerce store or something and then they come back to you and say you know this thing isn't even working well it's not my fault. It's not. I mean, I've technically built this for you. You could make a million dollars, or you could make five dollars. It's up to you <laughs> yeah. to, to get out there and do that. That's certainly another way to look at it. But I try to head that off at the beginning. So when we build the site, the first thing I anal- try to analyze is what are your business success goals, right? Okay. So even with the revision, so I was talking about it yesterday, actually, with not a client, but with the school I used to go to. They were revamping part of their student services, and I said, "Well, what's?" how do you know it succeeded? And they're like, well, I don't know. Is it because students are coming back? Is it because you filled out a survey and the students said they like this more? Otherwise, you just don't know if you spent worthwhile money at all. Right. And sometimes you may come back and say, okay, this big change we did, we thought it would work, but it didn't really change the metrics. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to revisit and see how we, you know, conversion rates is a good one in an e-commerce store. Does moving this button, you know, from an inquire, making the inquire button uh, less emphasis than the add to cart button, does that make people add to cart more? Mm-hmm. So that's where I try to start with it right from the beginning. And we try to evaluate in the stages. Is this starting to meet our business goals? Whether we're looking at user testing, um, you know, for continued engagement, able to find better articles or related articles easier. Mm-hmm. Um, we start with that. Yeah, I typically start with that in wireframing and then into design. And then we can kind of incrementally step through and make sure that we're accomplishing our business goals at every stage. Because that's at a certain point, it comes down to a business goal for everyone. There has to be a proper return on investment for my time put into that. Mm. Is it a fair statement to say that if you're, if you want to become a professional WordPress developer, professional, mm-hmm. is it fair to say that in today's day and age, you can't just be 
you know, the code jockey who's sitting in his mom's basement. You have to be the, the go-to guy or gal who knows how to do A-B split testing, who knows how to look at analytics. Do you think that that's important, uh, if, especially if you're in the freelance where typically it might be just yourself dealing with a client? Um, mm -hmm. Should you have a little taste of design? You know, you know, what are your thoughts on that, on, on having more than just a developer's mindset? I think it depends what you want to earn, really. Okay. If you're building yourself just as a code jockey, it's you know what a designer would call as a pixel pusher sometimes, right? That's yep. you're just client says, "I want this," you build it. End of discussion. So that's fine, but that tops out what you can charge, right? Right. Um, so even yesterday, I was talking with the clients, and we were talking about uh, a new admin dashboard for them, and we were actually talking about kind of sticking it in WordPress. And so my discussion was, let's take it step back even further. What are your problems? And yes, we can solve them inside the WordPress dashboard, sort of, but it constrains us in some way. So building a custom dashboard is better, right? Mm -hmm. So and I try to build myself more as a consultant now, as opposed to um, just a WordPress developer. We solve your problems. I actually have experience doing some Rails work, mostly front-end, and I hire people for back-end. Um, I've worked with lots of e-commerce solutions that are not inside WordPress. Just most most of my work is WordPress related. Okay. Awesome. So well, yeah, you, yeah, you can be you can just be a code monkey or just write the code, but well, it's going to limit what you can charge. Yeah, and, but but you know you you said it right. I mean, you're a consultant. It's not just um, you know I I try to I'm not a developer. I'm not a designer. I can do a little bit of both, but I know my limitations with that, and uh, so my. You know, my expertise, if you will, would be just client relations, business development, getting out there and connecting the people. And, you know, I say I'm an architect. Um, you know, I can envision where things should go and I can help the client, you know, lay out the site. But then I have a team of people that know this stuff, right? <laughs> I can actually really put it together. Um, and, and the biggest part of my, of my job is making people understand what WordPress is, how it's going to help them with their business, with their workflow, hmm. um, and understanding why that, why they're on, uh, why we choose WordPress and why we choose, uh, to develop on them or develop WordPress for them. Um, but you said something interesting. You talked to a client, uh, that wanted a new admin dashboard mm -hmm. and, and we all love WordPress, you know, for our own personal reasons. How, how what's your experience? Uh, reselling WordPress to a client? Are they just like dumbfounded? What is this? Uh, you know, can you customize it to make it easier for me? It's already super mm -hmm. easy. You know, how do you deal with that with the client uh, in your case? Uh, I think clients don't care, really. Okay. A client has a problem. They want a solution. They hire you to find a solution. You say, I'm going to use this, you know, I'm going to use WordPress. And they say, great. Will it do A, B, and C? Yep. And you say, yes, it will do A, B, and C. Here's how much it's going to cost. I actually have a blog post that will be out next week, maybe the week after, about this exact topic. They don't care. Some of them will have come from WordPress um, just as blogging and say, hey, can we use this? And yes, we can. Um, but like I said, even getting into some, and one site we're doing, you have users are sorted by companies and teams, and they kind of get points for... And they're learning how to be interact better as teams. So they get points for comments that are kind of showing their growth and stuff. So sorting users by comments, by teams, by points, that's could be built into the dashboard sorting, but in WordPress, but it's not we can get a way better user experience by pulling it out of that and building a custom admin front end dashboard for them. Yeah. That 
Yeah. There, I mean, you talked with him about, like, is there a limitation? Will WordPress just blow up and we can't ever run the site on it because we're going to be able to, you know, because it's going to get too many users or anything like that. And there really isn't. There's a site, there's a point where your servers are going to start to overload, where you're going to have to look at caching more. You're going to have to, you know, maybe hire someone full-time to deal with, you know, you're balancing your servers and everything yeah. and all your IT stuff. But there's no real limit to what WordPress can do. It's, again, it's just a, it's an application framework in many ways, just like Rails is for Ruby. Yeah. Um, so, what do you what do you think? Uh, kind of going into that into that, that framework style, uh, what's the most unique solution or app that you've used WordPress for? If you if it's something that you can talk about, um, hmm. uh, what's the most unique uh, you know uh, project that you've worked on using WordPress? I think the the one that first comes to mind is I built an athlete dashboard last year. And it allowed high school athletes to fill in their profiles for their, you know, for ten or fifteen different sports and their positions, and it let college coaches scout them. Cool. That was the kind of the most outside the box WordPress one that I've done. Cool. Um, and yeah, that was again custom dashboards for all user types, custom capabilities. They could post into certain custom post types, and it was powered off Gravity Forms and custom post types and. Yeah, that's a that's a good combination. It's a powerful combination. Is gravity forms and custom post types. Love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, awesome. The now let, let's kind of talk about. Uh, let's keep going with that. When you're when you're customizing WordPress to this extent, if you're a developer, um, what what's your what's your take on supporting a client afterwards? Um, you know, I think we both chimed in on a recent post uh, yesterday about. You know, if you're a developer, you're not again. You're not just the code jockey, but you have to continue and support these clients afterwards. Um, are you building that into some kind of um, support plan that you have with your clients? Is it something that's like, hey, you know, here's what we've built to you. If you ever want to grow or or scale that product later, you have to come back to me and and uh, you know submit another invoice. Uh, what's your approach on supporting clients like that? Um, well, for supporting the code, I don't have any support plans or anything. It's simply just me. So if a client's buying 10 hours a week and doesn't use it for two months, but then suddenly needs me to do 10 hours immediately, like I may have booked projects because we weren't expecting the work. Mm -hmm. So I can jump on things here and there immediately for them for big problems. Mm -hmm. But I, I... and I even try taking it back another step. I try to write the code like fully documented with the PHP doc block. I try to generate documents for them. We record screencasts on how to use things and building it modularly as well. So if they have an issue, I don't know, with their point system, they can turn off one plugin and it only turns off the points. Yeah. So nice. it's not turning off anything else, everything else that would, you know, if there's other things that rely on it, they will deactivate themselves at the same time. Yep. Um, I've thought about support plans. I'm just not sure it's really scalable for myself yeah yeah i, I bring this up because i, I watched uh, uh bill erickson if you're familiar with him mm-hmm. um i watched his uh recording of WordCamp and how and his business model mm-hmm. and it's just like it is amazing to me that this that this one guy is running like an absolute machine i know uh, 20 I, projects at a yeah. time i got through the first half of it and then i haven't got to get back to it but 20 projects at a time i'm running like three yeah, 
Yeah, and I was just like, and that, that's what, and I was watching that, and you know, we're, you know, we're a small uh, studio here, and uh, there's five of us, and I'm like, 20 projects at a time. How does this man eat, sleep, breathe? How does he have any of this time? And but his his contracts or his his milestones are, are very just. You've got 10 days to come back to me. If you've, you know, passed those 10 days, uh, you know, if you need help, it's going to be uh, billed hourly. Yeah, you're, mm. you're gonna you're gonna feed me the PSD. I'm gonna turn it into WordPress, and you get what you know you get what you've given me. Uh, you know through the through the designs. Yeah. Uh, so very niche, um, and I guess that's how he can scale uh, as as great as that uh, is. Uh, yeah, well, that puts the onus on the clients. I have a, and my standard contract says if you haven't got back to me, if you just haven't moved the project forward in four weeks, I'm billing you for the rest of it, mm-hmm. and any further work is billable. Like and it's it's a new contract and that helps put the onus on the client um, to actually get back because that's the biggest roadblock is getting. I have one project where I unfortunately can't enforce that clause because they are also it's a large business and very good friends ultimately with many of the staff and the owners. So like it's been dragging on for a year and it comes down to we're doing a huge data conversion from an old legacy like ten year old legacy uh, database into WordPress and WooCommerce. Yep. And there was just parts that it wouldn't convert. Like my SQL on my laptop on my SSD does not run fast enough to get all this data through. Wow. And yeah, and and part of that's because of bad database design on the on their end, and yep. part of it's just because yeah, it just that's just how it is. Yep. And and like okay, so we need to sit down and we need to do this. We need to you know polish up some of this data. And they're like, oh, well, we have to do that. And it's like, yeah, see right here in the contract it says you got to do this type of stuff. Yeah. I could do it, but I'll bill you for it. Yeah. And like they haven't come back to me in like six months. Yeah. Really? They said, oh, we still going to do it? I was like, yeah. Have you guys done this part yet? No. Okay. Yeah. Like most other clients, I'd say, here's your bill. We're done. If you want it can, me to continue, then I can. But Great. So for the uh, aspiring uh, WordPress developer out there, contracts, uh, obviously super important. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any stories about uh, when you had a cl- – when uh, – you didn't have a contract, uh, and and you had some headbutting with a client, or has that never happened? And how much effort have you put into building your contract? You constantly revise it. Is it something that is just a, you know, something that's always maturing? Uh, I went through it about a year ago and really kind of gutted it and got a local lawyer to look at it. Up in Canada, we have what's it called? Canadian Legal Services. Mm-hmm. So you can basically ever, anyone can buy a lawyer's time for like fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. You can buy like an hour. Mm-hmm. And so I got them to go through it, make some suggestions, and that's done. Now, that's kind of a one-time. I think you can only do that once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the only times I've had real headbutts over project is when I've worked with lawyers. And my <laughs> standard is I just won't work with them anymore because yeah. their default option was, hey, I'm not, you know, I thought this was happening. And even though I feel it clearly states, like, there's no line item on our quote that says we're doing this. Right. They say, well, I want that, and I'm going to sue you if you don't give it to me. And oh, I want geez. full refund if I don't get, if you don't give me a, a full refund, I'm going to sue you. And you're stuck at a point like, you know, even say it's like five grand. How much is it going to cost me to hire a lawyer to fight this? Way more than five grand. So right. you just say fine. So that is my standpoint. I have turned down a few projects that may have looked interesting because it's working with lawyers. And I said, nope. And they say, why not? And I tell them and they're like, well, that sucks, but I don't know that I can blame you. And that's happened twice. Happened once when I was first starting out. They paid a deposit. We did some work and they said, well, we don't think we want this anymore, so we'd like a refund back. And I said, but I did all this work. And they said, well, we're going to sue you. 
<laughs> and I said, well, yeah, fine, get right. the money, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, even I even said like, okay, this is the amount of work I've done. You know, say I've done 20% of your total, so I will give you, you know, the 80% back. And they're like, no, we want it all. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah, so that's just crazy. That's the headbutting I've had. Most other clients, when I've had a good chat, like, you know, we've talked about them. There's been disagreements where, you know, they said, I thought you were doing, I thought you were entering all my content. And I was like, well, it doesn't say anything about content entry there. And I've entered in all the demo content. And, you know, they were a little frustrated and kind of looked through everything and said, okay, you were building me the house. You weren't furnishing it. That's, that's a great example. Right. So, you know, then they came back and I said, well, why don't we work at, you know, we'll do three hours. If I can't get it done in three hours, we'll come back and talk about it. So they have, they know the extra cost, which is, you know, I will bill that hourly and, you know, we got through all our content fine. Yeah. yeah. So I, the only clients I've had that real problems with their lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Um, I guess. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, that, that what I've been dubbing the $500, the 500 club, uh, for these mm-hmm. folks that are out there that are, uh, building the, the, building the $500 sites and requesting the $500 sites, um, you know, I think that when you put a price tag on a project like the five, that three thousand, the five thousand, the ten thousand mm-hmm. dollar projects, you're you're already clearing up. Sorry, I'm having some trouble with this headset. <laughs> you're already clearing up or clearing out anyone who doesn't understand the quality of the amount of work and the quality of work that goes into a yep. project that size, right? Um, yeah. So when I have an inkling, a client's I got there's a blog post later this week about talking about budgets and order of magnitude. So I had talked with a client. It's like, is this a two thousand dollar project or a ten thousand dollar project? And they said, no, nah, this is probably a ten. And yeah. I was like, that's right. Yeah. That, that's what it is. They say this is two thousand. I'm like, no. Requirement one is two thousand. After that, it just goes up. Right. So, yeah, can, that's a big thing is clearing out those the five hundred dollar clients real quick. So. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's tough for the person who's saying, well, you know, shit, I've only been doing, you know, I've been doing this for six months or a year. Uh, you know, it takes time. It takes time to build that up and it takes time to build up probably that referral system uh, of people yep. coming in. Uh, you got to take the good and the bad, um, but you have to be, um, you have to be aware that you don't want to be stuck in that $500 ecosystem. You want to be continuously pushing yourself up, or hopefully. Yeah, the big thing is like feeling like you're worth it. That's where I was at one point. Like, am I really worth this extra money? Do I have the guts to charge it? Yep. Um, but I mean, like, even in my basic, like, build you a website services, I'll install Google Analytics. And I know a lot of people charge extra for that, but I always view it as it's like buying a new car. You get the tires with the car, don't you? <laughs> right. And like to install Google Analytics is install one plugin, authorize it with the account, you're done. It's not, you know, not a huge amount of work. You know, I'll install, you know, XML sitemaps and Yoast SEO and a couple other ones yep. just off the bat. So I do provide, I guess, a few more things that other people don't that I'm not technically charging for. Yep. Uh, one thing that I see in, in, I guess younger or starting out WordPress developers is there's no not a great mentorship program. Mm. I've talked about this with uh, Blue Line Media on Twitter as well about like code reviews and there's not a lot of that going around. I would love code reviews from people uh, on a regular basis. I, I think I saw that conversation. Like I'm stuck here on my own and I think I'm doing it the best way I can. But you know, someone else could look at it and be like, "Did you ever think of it? You know, doing it this way?" And oh, I never thought of that. Then that is way better. But there's no one you know in a team. That you have that. I actually worked with Ten Up on contract for a number of months uh, last 
yeah, but this time last year I started and I finished in February. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best things, being able to throw some code into our IRC channel or in Pasty in the link, and they'd go, oh, did you think of doing it like this? And I'd be like, no, I didn't, and you just saved me two hours of <laughs> trying to make what <laughs> I was doing work because you had a better solution. Yeah, awesome. That is awesome. Um, I want to come back to something on that uh, in a second, but uh, you work with 10up. If uh, Again, if you're somebody's out there who's an aspiring developer and they're saying, boy, this freelance stuff is just really difficult. It's, I'm in my first or second year of doing this. Do you recommend that maybe they go and work for a 10up or, or another agency to get their feet wet, to get that kind of experience? It is. You need to know yourself. Okay. So I, I went to work for 10up because I was hoping or was wanting like a regular paycheck. That's something you don't have, right? I pay myself basically on salary, and but sometimes you're looking at the next week and you're like, hmm, how am I going to pay that salary? <laughs> so I went to 10up for that reason and for having code reviews. What I found out was that I'm not necessarily made to have a boss. Mm-hmm. That's And that's the reason I left. I wasn't super happy and I don't... I think it's probably fair to say 10up wasn't super happy with me either. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was not for me. That's all I can say about it. Mm-hmm. So the first step is knowing yourself. If mm-hmm. you are not maybe built to having a boss like that, then mm-hmm. no, don't do it. You're going to have a pain in the butt. And you know, if you don't have a good company or you don't have a good boss like Jake at 10up to recognize that you're not bad, it just doesn't work. You know, they're going to go disparaging you. And I certainly have never felt that 10up did that and I wouldn't disparage them. They have awesome. They've grown huge. I think I was 6 and now they're at 18 yep. within a year. Um yeah, so and there's a risk that way. Okay. Mentorship is a big thing. That's I actually would like to rebrand and go into a proper agency specifically so I can do more mentorship, more code reviews. Um so that I can help, you know, younger people or even other people, um, you know, people who are do mainly theme design but want to do some more, you know, more heavy development stuff like I do so that I can say, well, you know, here's a project, start cutting your teeth on it and we'll, you know, come back in two days and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a real desire to teach. I really, <laughs> I, I'm a whitewater kayak instructor. I've taught rock climbing. I've taught, you know, rescue stuff. I used to teach canoeing. Um, I've taught. Uh, tons of things and I I like it there's a huge reward in teaching and seeing someone succeed mm-hmm. uh, later on that's I'd, re- I'd, re- I'd say that's what I'd really love to do with yeah. me and- yeah I, I I think that's a great it's I mean it's something that I, I, I share that same passion uh, but yeah definitely it's definitely a rewarding field uh, or something to get into mm-hmm. yeah um, so uh, knowing yourself and, and I, I love that uh, I use that, kind of use that in my uh, WordCamp Providence presentation about understanding, you know, what you, what your capabilities are, right? And knowing where you want to be. Um, and it just sounds like even for a five plus year veteran like yourself, every year brings something new to the table and you're always going to be learning, I guess, mm-hmm. about, about yourself and about what your, what your outlooks are, what your goals are, what you can actually uh, you know, produce, uh, this year or, or whatever, uh, project that you're working on. Um, so I, I really do like that. And I hope a lot of people use that <laughs> and, and leverage that, um, because you, you have to be asking yourself, where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Uh, is this really working? Am I just doing this as a side gig? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's awesome. I think stepping back. And one thing I always say is you need to live your life 
like you're looking at your grave and what do you want people to say. Mm-hmm. I could care less if someone says I was a good programmer. Mm-hmm. That makes no difference to me whatsoever. What I want someone to say is I was a good husband, father, and community member. When my job gets in the way of being those things, I need another job. Yep. That's it. And that's, I know I've, I've interviewed at a couple different places who have come to me and said, hey, I heard you're really, you know, you can do all this stuff. Let's talk about it. And that's what I always impress upon them. If I have to choose between you and spending a weekend with my kid, you lose it every time. Yep. <laughs> yep. There is no question. I, you know, the odd weekend, fine. But you're going to lose every time. My kid is the most important thing. And that's the end of the story. I work from home. I started working from home and I think, you know, we, st- we had our kid a year later and specifically so that I could go pick her up from daycare so that I can go over and play with her so that I can spend time with her. That is, that's why I, that's one of the big reasons why I'm home. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and it makes perfect sense. It's once you take a look at yourself and you say, look, I, I can't have a boss. <laughs> I can't have somebody else dictating to me. Um, you know, I get to make my own choices this way. It's more flexible. Sure, it's that entrepreneur where you're paying yourself. You're looking at your cash flow and you're like, oh shit, next week I have to pay myself. What do I have to do to get there? Um, so it comes with that stress level, but it's that reward level. Like you said, you're able to work from home. It was that that stress is better for me than the other stress. Mm-hmm. And I would still say I am not opposed to taking a job with someone. It just needs to be the right job. The right it needs yeah. to be the right, you know, how do you gauge whether I got my job done that week needs to be gauged in a way that is compatible with me. If it's you worked X number of hours, that's just not going to work. Right. Like it's not going to happen because I, I get in my office at eight. If I'm lucky, by the time I get my help, my wife and kid get out the door in the morning and I'm gone by 3.30 or 4 every day. That is not eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> Solid without taking a lunch, that is not eight hours. So right. I'm not going to give you eight hours a day. That's right. just it. Right. How do you uh, separate? And now I'm assuming you're, you, like you said, you work from home, so your office is at home. You're that's mirror behind me in yep. my bed. <laughs> uh, so, so office number one is probably home. Office number two is probably a coffee shop somewhere. Yeah. Uh, um, how do you manage that uh you know wife and child in the house at the same time other responsibilities going on how do you separate yourself do you put yourself in some kind of zone literally rope things off so people can't come in well i'm lucky in that my wife works too and so my child is down the street at daycare during the day so four days four work days of the week they're out now my wife works retail so she works saturdays so she has a weekday off there is one weekday i go out to the coffee shop during that portion of one portion of that day, I usually go out in the mornings and then I'm back because my kid's napping. So my wife can, if she has to run an errand without the kid, she can run out and do that and usually get back within the two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, my wife is very, very good at not bothering me. She is, I mean, she spent a whole year at home because you get a year off in Canada. Oh, wow. yeah. To leave. And she spent a whole year at home and the first three weeks were rough before we had the kid and then I expected to be rough after the kid that's fine yeah. but she is she understands she's really good at it typically <laughs> I love actually the days that they're home and when you know I can go downstairs and play with my daughter for 15 minutes so I'm taking a 15 minute break are awesome that's awesome uh, it's you have to be dis- yeah you have to be very disciplined I found even when I work with headphones on and listening to music I get more done than when I listen with speakers on even I'm the only one in the house yep I don't know why. Yeah, it's, one of, it's definitely oh, one of those weird things. I, I do the same thing, same exact thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people when they when they say, "Oh, what, you know, what do you do?" Oh, you know, I, I run a you know, I run a web shop. I mean, most of the time, with the person asking the question is just like, "I do things on the web," or "I do things on the internet." I don't try to get into it with probably majority of the people that ask because they just don't understand where I'm coming from. Um. But a lot of the people that in our, in our field, especially those who are just starting out, they're like, that's going to be great. I'm going to work from home. I'm going to work from coffee shop. I'm going to go from coffee shop to coffee shop and spending seven bucks, eight bucks per, you know, per right. latte. And then, they, and then they, then they realize that once they get out there, it's like, oh boy, you know, there's an overhead to this. That's not just, uh, you know, it's not just, uh, money. It's managing yourself and managing where you're working from and how you're doing that to, to be successful. I think most beginners overestimate the amount of billable time they're going to get in a day, right? Mm-hmm. Like even this, this is not billable time for me, right? Which is fine. I, you know, I account that into my day. But when you when you look at your day, like four hours of chargeable to a client is actually a pretty decent day for a freelancer working solo. When you're trying to do your marketing, you go have lunch. Well, that's not you know, go get a coffee, not billable, right? A six hour day is typically a long day, and most most people I found when I tell them that they're like, no way, like, oh yeah, really. That's a long work day. Six hours of billable time is a long work day. I'm not counting going to the bathroom. We're not, which yep. again, if you're salaried somewhere, that is count. That counts, right? Right. And that's most people way overestimate what they can get done, and then they book in enough projects for all that, and they look at it and be like, "I'm working like seven days a week all day." Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself, um, um, you know, when you have downtime, if you have downtime? Are you are you kind of splitting your roles and putting on your salesman hat and going to find other clients? Do you ever find yourself doing that, going out and like physically networking with real networks uh, out and about, uh, or is most of your traffic just referral traffic or referral leads coming in? Yeah, most of my stuff is referrals. I can't think of the last time I really looked for a client, to be honest. Good. Um, I I did speak at a networking event, local one, about just real basic WordPress stuff, and I had a couple people give me cards, and one project came through that was, again, very small. Um, again, in the you know $500 range, but what yeah. they wanted for it was me to basically install a theme and you know teach them a couple things. So $500 was not necessarily a bad price to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, most of it's come through referrals, through apps I've built, through, uh, I'm actually very lucky, I know the guys at Brave New Code uh, yeah. quite well, so they no longer do a lot of development, I don't think they do any client work, so they often have referred me people to build stuff, and that, especially in my first year, they turned it from a very, very lean, what would have been a very lean year, into a, you know, a reasonably successful year for your first year on your own, and I, Dale and Dwayne are awesome. Yeah, and, that's awesome, and, and it's a good tactic um, a good tactic for somebody starting out is to connect with, you know, either other studios or firms or even mm. folks like you, um, who might get that, you know, $500 job or, you know, something that you just don't have time for that maybe you could bring on and maybe combine that mentorship with somebody just starting out, yeah. uh, you know, and passing that information on or passing that, maybe not passing the entire client on, but, you know, getting some billable off of it or some kind of income off of it. Uh, but definitely a good thing for somebody starting out. Try to connect with somebody who can feed you some work or at least yeah. educate you. That's what I'm starting to do now. Even today, I have a long-term client who I've got someone else to do some of the work. She's just, you know, change this button, change this text work on their site. And I just don't have the time for it is yeah. the big thing. It's, you know, going to be only two, three hours. But that's, again, a good chunk of one billable day. 
mm. and means you know that last hour you can't dig into one of the huge development projects. Mm. So I'm actually probably at the cusp of really needing to start as an agency and starting to get contractors on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. But right at that cusp, you end up running, you know, as working so hard, so hard, so hard just to try and keep up. And at a certain point, it just explodes. Yeah, I can't <laughs> do it. I have someone else to help. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, in the interest of time, I'll start uh, kind of winding this down for you. But I, I do want to know how do you, how are you able to blog so much? <laughs> how do you, uh, how do you fit that in? How do you get all those thoughts down on on paper, if you will? I'm a good ranter. A lot of them come from even the uh, cash flow is not my problem. I, a, another freelancer I know who is generally really good said, oh, I didn't get paid by the clients. And I went, huh. And I wrote that blog post immediately. And I scheduled it for the next week. Yeah. That is a lot of what I do. Or I'll sit down at night. You know, I'll sit down at night after the dishes are done and I'll write for an hour and then I'll you know, just spend an hour with my wife. My wife is looking for a new job. So then we, she'll be looking for a new job for an hour and I'll be writing. That's yeah. what I do. And most of them are only three or 400 words, really. There's not a ton of, you know, I've got some long, longer stuff going, but nothing that's complete yet. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, I, I really have to start uh, doing, uh, employing that tactic because I, I'm the same way as you. I come up with these rants and they're in my head and I'm thinking about them all day long. I'm going throughout the day and then I have a, uh, a client meeting and then it gets, you know, 10 times that rant gets 10 times bigger after the meeting and I, I, this is what I'm going to write about. And then I start thinking about all these points to the point where I'm like, I just never going to sit down and write these things. I, I have to get yeah, back I out. I think about the points a lot of the time. Yeah. Even the, the cash flow is not my problem. I have talked about that for probably six months. Like, yeah. I don't care. My invoices are payable seven days. Seven days because that's the Canadian mail. You can stick it in the mail anywhere in Canada. It should get to me in seven days. That's yep. it. Yep. And I charge I charge interest on long-term clients that I've had for five years because they're a day behind. Yep. I say, you're behind. This is the schedule. You know it. Here you go. And they pay the interest and keep going. Um, I've only had one client that would that said no to the interest. And I said, okay, well, I guess you're not finishing the project. We're not continuing on phase two. And they're like, but you haven't paid the interest. This right. is part of the contract. If you can't fulfill it, you're not a client I want to work with. Right. And they said they paid it, but I still said, no, if you're going to fight me on it, I don't have time. Right. Fire your client. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, any, any tools that you use? Uh, you know, we use fresh books for billing stuff like this. Any, you know, two or three tools that you use that could help somebody else. I am using market circle stuff right now. I have billings, uh, and not the pro version, just the standard version. And daylight is what I'm working on. I've tried FreshBooks. Let me give you. I think I have a FreshBooks review. If you dig back in my blog, I certainly have one from Harvest. Um, most of the solutions they're pretty close, but they're not quite there. The big thing that I always fall down is if you're charging flat rate, like for a theme design. There's I haven't seen one yet that lets you track hourly time against it and say, did I even make any money on it? Right. Right. Don't, right and you know theoretically over time you will because you know, one was way easier and one was a little harder but there's no way to track that with anything and actually even billings doesn't have that but so that's a that's one of the problems i want to solve with this piece and i have never found that daylight is really nice um like track all your files inside it just like you'd think in a big project management system track all your to-dos change from opportunities and like how if you think an opportunity is good into a project and it integrates with mail um on mac but it's uh, kind of a per seat license, and I think it's like two hundred and fifty dollars. So interesting. 
I'm not sure that that's a good long-term solution if I'm scaling up to agency size, but yeah. I haven't another one, and I keep just thinking about building it. <laughs> Where Who has the time to do that? <laughs> on Wednesday nights, I actually go out to Ruby on Rails local club because that's the really only only the only programming club because I'm not actually in Vancouver. I'm like an hour and a half east out in the out in the valley. Uh, so there's no, so I go there often and work on you know one or th- two two or three side projects I have around and one of them is actually a full project management app for nice. WordPress. It's the other I haven't seen one that's even in my opinion worthwhile in any fashion. I think all the existing WordPress solutions are terrible. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think um in Bill's uh, presentation, he talked about his own that he makes or he made. That's with Genesis in 2010, I think, or 2011. Yeah. yeah, so that's, I've seen, I've looked at a little bit. I haven't dug into that one. I think of, what's the other one? Brad Williams did it, I think, or he's one of the committers on it. Mm-hmm. And i say maybe Collab Press. I don't know. Anyway, the other solutions I've seen around WordPress project management in the repository, outside of Bill, because I really have not dug into that. I just terrible in my opinion. They're not even marginally usable. They're again trying to stuff things into the WordPress backend that it's never really meant to do. So yeah, you can kind of make it work, but it's like nineteen clicks to do something. Yeah. When if you built a proper front end for it, you'd just you know it'd be drag and drop. It'd be easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just recap what some of the stuff that uh, that could help uh, you know these up and coming developers. Um, you know, the first thing that uh, that I've got highlighted is you know get a solid contract. Know what client you want to go with. Um, select or fire your clients uh, is kind of another play on it. Uh, most importantly, know yourself. Know where you want to go. Uh, know that ambition that uh, whether you want to stay, you know, doing developing WordPress as a part-time gig, or you want to be a freelance, or you want to grow yourself to an agency. Um, you know, I think those are all all great points. Uh, you know. And, and developing uh, and knowing your your limits, knowing your, hey, I'm, I'm not there yet. Let me seek some help. Let me seek some guidance from somebody else to yep. get to get some uh, to get some further knowledge, which I think is awesome. Um, I have done that on big projects where there's one item I just look at it and be like, there's no way. And I've contacted another developer and said, can you do this item? And they say, sure. And so I still do the whole project and, you know, that one chunk I'm maybe not making money on or because right. I knew I'm going to learn from it as well. So I don't, I don't charge my clients for just learning, yeah. for just learning things like that. Now they want me to integrate with a totally new system from, you know, a sugar CRM is one that I've done a couple of times. And the first client had to pay me to learn it in some ways. Cause I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ever done it? It's a totally different interface, right? You know, yeah. Whereas if it's a WordPress feature like the ad re- the rewrite rules, which I'm digging into this week, I don't. I'm not charging for all the time to go through that. Yeah, yeah, that happened to me recently, or not so recently. Maybe I think somewhere last year, where we brought a client on and they were using <clears throat> Infusionsoft for their email marketing. It was just the worst thing ever, and we transitioned them off of that. And then a week after transitioning, Infusionsoft redid all their redid everything, redid their dashboard, redid all their software, their workflow. And it was amazing. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, why did this happen now? But, uh, yeah, it's always, always something that comes up. Mm-hmm. Well, Hey Curtis, this has been an awesome interview. I could probably go on forever asking you questions. I think you did a great job and I, and I hope some people learn from this. Um, if people want to seek your guidance and, and mentorship, where can they find you? Uh, I'm Curtis McHale on Twitter. 
Um, if you're looking for WordPress stuff specifically, I have a WordPress tutorial site called wptheme-tutorial.com. And then my website is curtismichael.ca, I think. Or maybe dot. I don't know. <laughs> They both end up at the same spot, though, so whichever one you try, it'll end up at the right spot. That's awesome. Well, I hope everybody goes to say thank you to you for, for doing this and, and sharing some of your knowledge. You know, maybe later on we can get you back, and uh, when you start, when you open up your WordPress Academy someday, then uh, uh, we can have you back on the air. So thanks a lot, Curtis. Thanks for doing this. Not a problem. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thanks, guys.